Okay, everybody say Shalom Aleichem. Good to see all of you. Hope all of you are well on Zoom, wherever you are. And tonight we're going to talk a little bit about something a little bit off uh, topic of the parsha. Something about Ashrei. Ashrei is something that we say every single day, three times a day. We say it in Sukkot Zimra, then we say it in Ashrei Valutziyin, and we say it by Mincha. Uh, there's even a, an expression that people use that he knows it as well as Ashrei. Ashrei is something, because we say it so often, because it's Aleph Bez, it's something that we're all very familiar with. But tonight I want to open up a little bit of a window into, uh, into one element of Ashrei that maybe we could think about uh, when we're saying it so often. It's a shame to go through our life and to rattle off Ashrei uh, albeit we know it by heart, but how well do we really understand the underlying messages that are contained in every single Pasuk. Years ago, I was at a Levaya, and it was of a, uh, a brother of a Talmud of mine. And this, uh, this the Nifter was uh, a young, maybe he was 19, 20 years old, young man in his prime, and he had a lot of different challenges. Ultimately, he died at a very young age. Um, but he went through a lot. And somebody read a letter at the Levaya in which this the Nifter had been talking about different things that he was doing in terms of Yiddishkeit, in terms of Ruchnius. He had ups and downs he had a roller coaster of ups and downs in his life as far as Yadis is concerned. But at that point in his life, and this is when the, le- the letter was being uh, was written at a certain stage in his life, he said that um, whenever he read Ashrei, he got the chills. So there was something about Ashrei, at least at that point in his life, that gave him the chills. He got very moved by it, touched him very, very deeply. And the Maspid, the person who was giving the Hespid and quoted and quoting this from him, from the Nifter, said that maybe when we read Ashrei tomorrow with Kavana, it will be Le'ili Nishama of this, uh, of the, of the Nifter. And I remember walking out of this funeral and wondering what it was exactly about Ashrei that this young man had found so inspirational. There are other t- things about davening, I think, that would probably be more inspiring than Ashrei. Ashrei is sort of, it's a beautiful tefillah, it's praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it's not the most inspirational part of davening, I don't think. I think, uh, you know, their Avarabba is, is a beautiful tefillah. Shemana Esrei is, of course, exquisite. I don't know if Ashrei uh, ranks up there with all with the most inspirational prayers that it would give me the chills to say Ashrei. I couldn't understand what exactly was the special appeal of Ashrei to this young man. And this is a true story. The Levaya was in Borough Park, and I was walking down, I believe it was 13th Avenue, and there, were, there was like a block of, like, that, that have actual houses on 13th Avenue, even though most of it is very commercial and retail stores, but there was a block that had some homes. 
And all of a sudden I hear somebody screaming. It was an old man, like a Hasidic Yid, but like maybe in his 80s. And he was coming out of his house and he tripped on the step. And he was on the ground. His walker was toppled over. He had torn his pants and he was bleeding. And it was me and somebody else that were right there. We rushed over to him to try to help him up. And he was getting up like on his own. He was managing to get up on his own. And I think if it was me and I fell down and everything, you know, I was, and my pants are torn and I'm bleeding, uh, I would be very upset. I would be like getting upset. How could Hashem do this to me? What's going on over here? Uh, this man, this old man started saying, started screaming really, that Hashem supports those who fall down, and he straightens up the backs of those that are bent over, that are hunched over. And I was thinking, like, this is the way Yidin of old lived. I think he was probably a Holocaust survivor. He didn't look at life as being, uh, you know, everything is bad, and how did I fall, and now I'm going to, you know, I have to get a new pair of pants, and I have to do this, and he says, wow, I'm able to get up. It's true that I fell, but even though I fell, I'm still able to get up. Hashem gives me the support to stand up again, to, to straighten up my back again, and to be resilient In the Gemara in Brachas, on Daftalan Mabez, says Amr of Avina, Kala Aimer Tihil David Bechal Yaim, whoever says Tihil David, Tihil David is the way that they call Ashrei, because really, if you look in Tehillim, the capital of Tehillim doesn't start Ashrei Yeshvei Secha uh, and then goes into Tihil David. Really, it's the capital starts Tihil David, we just add Ashrei from a different capital. But really, the Gemara calls it Tehillah David. So it says that whoever reads Tehillah David three times a day is Muftach Loishu ben Eilam Haba. He's guaranteed that he has, he's a ben Eilam Haba. He, he's a, a person that is, is Shayach to Eilam Haba. There's a few things, you know, throughout Chazal, we find several other places that a person is Muftach Loishu ben Eilam Haba. But um is There are certain things that you that we were guaranteed a place in the world to come. One of the things that were guaranteed a place in the world to come is saying Tila David, saying Ashray three times a day. So obviously Ashray has a tremendous power to it. And the Gemara says, well, what's so special about Ashrei? Why is Ashrei such a powerful prayer that you will gain entry into Elam Haba merely by committing to, to say it three times a day? And the Gemara says, Mishum de There's two components that are very significant about Ashrei. First of all, it's written Aleph Bez, it's written in a, in a sequence uh, an alphabetical sequence, Asher Yishvei Secha, B'chal Yom Avrachecha, Gadol Hashem etc. And we go down the whole alphabet, the whole Aleph Beis. That's one thing that makes it very special. 
When you see something that's written out in Aleph Bez, that's you know that there's significance to it. Another example of something that's written in Aleph Bez is Eicha. All of the Prakim of Eicha, except for the the last one, I believe, is uh, is written in Aleph Bez form, and that's very very important that it is. Uh, Chazal speak a lot about the Aleph Bez format of of Ashra, uh, of of Eicha. And basically, when you see something written in Aleph Bez, it reminds us that there is an order to the world. Everything, even when things seem very chaotic in life, and it does, life seems extremely chaotic in these days that we're living in, very tumultuous days and days of pandemics and days of uh, financial unrest and social upheaval and anti-Semitism right, left, and center. Uh, we don't really know what's going to be tomorrow. Everything seems so topsy-turvy. The psukim of, of Ashrei that are written in an Aleph-based sequence reminds us that as we're praising Hashem, we remember that Hashem has an order to everything. There is a rhyme and a reason. Nothing is erratic. Nothing is, is helter-skelter. Nothing is just random. Everything is in an exact order. There is an Aleph, and then there's a Bez, and there's a Gimel. Even though sometimes it seems that everything is fakert, everything is opposite, but you have to believe, one of the Ikri HaAmunah is that we have to believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a plan and there's an order even within the chaos. That no matter what happens, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still here, even if there's Hester Panim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here and there's an Aleph and there's a Beis. I'll give you, you know, an example of even in the Holocaust. The Holocaust was a time that was pure Hester Panim. It seemed to be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, it was the Teichacha, and the Teichacha speaks about Vanechi Haster Asteras Pane. I'm gonna I'm gonna hide my face from you on that day, and that's what a lot of Yidden felt that Hakadosh Baruch Hu completely hid. And the the big philosophical question during the war, after the war, is where was God during the Holocaust? Where was he? How could he just let Hitler steamroll over, you know, bulldoze six million Jews? men, women, and children, how could, where was God? Like, how did he allow that to happen? And there are whole books written about how you see Hashkacha Pratis, even in the madness of the Holocaust, there are certain things that you see the Yad Hashem. So evidently, if you want to, if you want to look for it, you'll find it. The Kleisenberger Rebbe was always saying that Hashem is here. He felt Hashem with him every single day in Auschwitz, in the in the in the bunkers, and he, Hakadosh Baruch Hu was there. He felt him. He saw him, and there are tremendous meifsim that we know about the Kleisenberger Rebbe and the Blujava Rebbe and many other great Rebbes that clearly show that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was with them. But even on a uh, more uh, geopolitical level, I was just telling this to somebody yesterday. I think one of my children. I was explaining to them. Um, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, was clearly there during the Holocaust. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor was a strange event. For some reason, the Japanese, who were allies with, uh, with Germany, they decided for some strange reason that it was a smart idea to bomb the U.S. naval base in Pearl Harbor, in, like in Hawaii. And... Uh, what, what did that do? What did it accomplish? All it did was it brought America into the war. America was sort of trying to sit it out. 
they didn't really want to take on Hitler. They wanted to just basically let the let the Axis fight the Allies and see who wins. And they were taking a very backseat, lazy, laissez-faire type of uh, policy towards the whole war for, for because they felt that that was in their best interest. And all of a sudden, they were bombed in Pearl Harbor by the Japanese for no apparent reason. And this woke the sleeping giant, as they called it at the time. And the president decided that he was going to... This They have no choice but to enter the war. Because they entered the war, they basically saved whatever remnant of Klai Yisrael was left in Europe. And then they were able to, by extension, save the world from from the tyranny that Germany would have brought to it. And they saved Klai Yisrael in America, saved Klai Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael, and wherever, because if Hitler would have taken over the world, which he was sort of on the path to do, he would have gone after every man, woman, and child. Uh, he wanted genocide of the Jewish people. It was only because America got awoken and and became part of the war effort that they were able to attack Germany and and you know, on D-Day, and, uh, and push back, and, and ultimately, uh, together with other, together with their allies, win, win the war. But if not for Pearl Harbor, who knows what, what would have happened. And it's interesting that the words that the Japanese pilots, as they were bombing the ships and the naval ships in Pearl Harbor, they were, they said... Torah, Torah, Torah. Torah means tiger in Japanese. Like that was their code word for, for, for the mission. But it's so fascinating that the words that they use were Torah, 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 as if like HaKadosh Baruch was putting this word, these words in their mouths because the whole world is existent for the Torah. And here they're bombing the, the, the American ships, bringing America into the war, and by doing so, saving the world, saving Klai Yisrael, saving the Taira from extinction. And you see the Yad Hashem, Hashem was here throughout the, throughout the war years, and so many other incidents with, Gob, with uh, the Desert Fox, with Rommel, and how his wife's birthday happened to coincide with the time that, uh, that America was attacking, and Normandy, and he, very, very strange events we don't really have time to talk about, but there, there are many, many such events that you see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was really moving the pieces uh, of the chessboard, even during the chaos of the Holocaust. There is always an Aleph and then a Bez and then a Gimel. That's the Milo. Whenever you see Aleph, Bez, Gimel in a in a Kapitel, in a Pisman, in a in in, in Echa, there's always a significance to that. It reminds us that Akedat Baruch there's a gives an order to the world even amidst chaos. It's very important for us to always remember when things are not going well for us and we think that all is lost. We have to remember that there's a God in the world and there's a purpose for everything. And there's an order for everything, and everything is going to be unfolding in exactly the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it to unfold. The other greatness of Ashrei is the fact that it says a great Pasuk in Ashrei, a very important Pasuk, Paiseach es yodecha, Hashem opens up his hand, and he gives, he, he satiates to every single person uh, according to their will, according to their needs. 
And that's what the Gemara says. So that's why Ashri is so essential, because it has the Aleph base reminding us there's a Seder to the world. It has Pesach Zedech reminding us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us Parnassah. It's so important to remember that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mepharnas us. And that even though it seems sometimes that money is so tight and that I'm not making enough to live on, I don't know how I'm going to be able to feed my family, I don't know how I'm going to pay Schar Limit, I don't know how I'm going to you know, pay the mortgage. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that's he opens up his hand and he provides Parnassah for each and every one of us. These are two, a one-two punch of Amunah and Bitachan that we cannot live without. And if you say this three times a day and you have Kavanah, if you look at the, you know, on the side of the art scroll sitter by Pesach Yadacha, it says that you're supposed to have intent con- uh, concentration, concentrate intently on these words. If Hashem opens up your hands, Svardim, they actually physically open up their hands as a reminder that HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally opens his hands and gives us. He's feeding us. It's not, we're not feeding ourselves. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is spoon-feeding us every time we eat. We just have to realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Mepharnes. And then the Gemara says, Amr of Yechanan, Nun Ba'ashrei. Why does it not have the letter Nun? It has all the letters of the alphabet, Ashrei, but it's strange that it misses the letter Nun. It skips, it goes from, um, it goes from, uh, what does it say? Um, um, what's, the, what's the passage before the Nun? Ainei um, no, what's the... Thank you. And then there should be a nun, but there, it's missing. And then it says, And that passage that I said before, HaKadosh Baruch Hu supports all those that fall. What's the, uh, what happened to the letter nun? So Rabbi Yechanan says, you know why it doesn't have a letter nun? Because the nun implies that Kla Yisrael Rachman Alitzlan falls down, as the pasuk in Amay says, "Nafla leisaisif kum besulas Yisrael," that you're going to fall and you're not going to be able to get up again, besulas Yisrael. And in Marava, in Eretz Yisrael, they uh, explain it this way: they don't say that that pasuk is a bad is a bad pasuk that Kla Yisrael is really going to fall and never get up. It's nafla v'leisaisif linpol oid. You fell, but you're not going to fall again. Kum besulas Yisrael. It puts the comma in a different place, and it says you've fallen, but you will get up. Instead of saying nafla leisaisif kum besulas that you're not going to continue to get up again, it means no nafla leisaisif. You're you've fallen, but you're not going to continue to fall. But instead, kum besulas Yisrael, you're going to get up. You're going to thrive. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, "Afilu hachi." Nevertheless, Chazar David v'samcham beruach hakodesh. David Amelach went and he was saimech beruach hakodesh, meaning he sort of supported that nun in beruach hakodesh. Shenemar saimech Hashem l'chalanayfel, meaning that nun that was missing that implies that Klai Yisrael falls, but he alluded to it in the next pasuk. He, he made up for the missing nun by saying the pasuk, Semech Hashem l'chal ha'noiflam, those people that fall, Hashem gets up, he, su- he supports them, he lifts them up again, and he restores them to their proper place. I want to share with you on this, on this lack of 
Nun in Ashrei, you have to see the Marsha in Brachas, but we're not going to speak about that right now. I want to speak about Rav Shamshrin Fal Hirsch's Pshat on this Pasig and Tilim. If you look in the in his Akdama to Parakuf Memhei, this is how he explains this omission of the letter Nun in Ashrei. He says as follows, If you notice in life, when things go well for a person, they take credit for it. If let's say I start a big business and it's going well and you know, I'm making a lot of money and everything is going swimmingly for me. So then I say, All the success that I'm enjoying is from me. It's my power. And it's, my, it's the strength that I have in my hand and my acumen and my brilliance and my, uh, my uh, you know, the fact that I went to the proper schools and I, I worked so hard and all of that. I was entrepreneurial. That's why I was successful. When a person falls, when a person has a mapala, he doesn't blame himself. He's like, you don't think that, oh, uh, that's because I must have been a very bad person. I deserve, I deserve to be punished. A person right away blames God. It's Hashem's fault. Hashem hates me. Why would Hashem do this to me? How could Hashem just abandon me? I need him and he wasn't there for me. So when things are good for us, we take credit for it. When things are bad for us, now all of a sudden we say, it's Hashem's finger is the one that is doing this bad to me. I take credit when things are good. I blame God when things go bad, when things go sour. David HaMelech, says Rav Hirsch, did the opposite. When things go good, he praises Hashem. The whole Ashrei is really praising Hashem for all the good that he does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you every single day. And then we say, God Hashem Hashem is so great. He's so praiseworthy. Generation after generation is going to praise you. The glory that you have, etc. The psukim are beautiful in their praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everything is you. If I have anything in life, says David, it's not because I'm so strong, I'm so smart, I'm so skilled, I'm so excellent, I'm so exalted. It's all you, Hashem. Everything, I'm giving all of it to you. The whole Aleph base is yours. From Aleph to Tav, everything is, is as a result of your help and your assistance and your love. But when things go bad, says David HaMelech, I'm not going to blame you. I'm going to blame myself. I don't put the word nefilah, nun, which represents nefilah, has no place in Ashrei. Because it's a, if he would put nun in Ashrei, that would be like, okay, you're good, but you're also sometimes bad. You're doing, you know, you're, you're, you're good to me, but you're also bad to me. David HaMelech says, I don't want to mar the beauty of Ashrei by putting nefilah in, because that would imply that I'm blaming Hashem for my nefilah. And I know that it's not because of Hashem, it's because of me. When something doesn't go well for me in life, I shouldn't blame Hashem. I should look in a mirror and say, I have to do tshuva. I did something wrong. I have to figure out what it is that I did wrong, what, I, what it is that I could correct. But that's how David Melch always does. He says, that we, we learn Vida, the Nusach of Vida comes from David Melch. He says, Chatasi, Avisi, Pashati. Everything is from, is it all good from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The bad stuff that happens to me 
it's because I sinned to you, Hashem. So the nun has no place in Ashrei. Because it's all praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and I don't blame HaKadosh Baruch Hu when things go bad. Nevertheless, says Rav Hirsch, we put right away the Pasuk of Seymach Hashem Neiflim, which means that even though I have fallen, even though in life, because of my sins, because of our sins, we were, all bad things happened as a direct result of my Averis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not write me off. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't abandon me ever. Saimech Hashem L'chal HaKadosh Baruch Hu supports me. L'chal all the people that fall, and they fall in because of their own sins, HaKadosh Baruch Hu still loves them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu still extends his hand, as it were, to them, and lifts them up. Like that man in Borough Park that fell... And he immediately felt that, you know, it might have been his fault that he fell. He should have been more careful, perhaps. But when he got up, he felt HaKadosh Baruch Hu helping him up from that mapala. And I think that that's probably why this young man that was Nifter, and this shir should be an Elon Nishmasli, why that man had, that young man had such um, a personal relationship with Ashrei. We don't know exactly, I don't know this for a fact, but I think perhaps this is what he found so inspirational. And even if he might not have known this far from Reverse or any of the things that we said, but maybe deep down inside he felt it, that my nephilus, I had so many nephilus in life, and he had, he had terrible challenges, and he struggled terribly with many addictions and many terrible nephilus that he had. But he felt also that he, as low as he was, HaKadosh Baruch was always there at every minute supporting him and giving him strength and finding, uh, finding ways to send him kisses and finding ways to show that he's saimachim, that he, he's uplifting him, that he's here for him and he cares about him. And that's what gave him chills. When a person is, is flying high, we often forget about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When a person is low, that's the time to embrace HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the only thing that I really ever have. I think I have things in life. I think I have money. I think I have a car. I think I have a home. I think I have a family. I think I have... But in truth, when it all boils down, what we really have is Hashem. And sometimes we need bad news to, to remind us of that, but that's when we feel the closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we realize that when things are really down and we daven to Hashem and we were able to say Tilim to HaKadosh Baruch and we feel that closeness to Him, that's when the Seymach HaShem L'Chol is so precious to us. It makes us feel, it reminds us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here with us, and He's going to get us out of the matzav that we're in. There's a very well-known letter written by Rav Hutner in the Pachir Yitzchak in the volume called Igris Uksavim, the, uh, the letters that the Pachir Yitzchak wrote. Rav Hutner wrote many, many letters in his life. Sometimes he wrote private letters, more public letters. He wrote to Talmidim. He wrote to, uh, he wrote Hakdamas to certain Svarim. All of his letters are written poetically and beautifully, and they're all precious, they're all so valuable. One of the most famous, arguably I would say the most famous letter perhaps, is a letter that he wrote to a Talmud of his that was having many, many struggles in life. 
And he, he felt great yish. He felt that he thought he was going to be a gadol, but now he sees he's not. He was basically nichshol in a, in, a, in, in a bad avera. I don't know which avera it was, but whatever, whatever avera it was, he had a downfall and he felt very low and he felt that he can't have greatness anymore within. He's not going to ever be the gadol that he had dreamt of being. And he poured out his heart in a letter to Rav Hutner, And we don't have that letter, but we do have the letter that Rav Hutner wrote back to him. And we're not going to go into the entire letter, but basically uh, there are so many interesting opponents to the letter. It's Igaris Kof Chav 128. And he says to this Talmud that there's a Pasuk in Mishle, famous Pasuk, Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vakam, that a Tzadik falls down seven times and he gets up. A tzaddik falls down seven times and he gets up. So he says, foolish people understand this pasuk, or laymen, simple, simple people, the way they would understand this, this pasuk is basically saying that a tzaddik is resilient. He falls down seven times and he still manages to dust himself off and he pops back up again. Like, you know, he's able to, to dust himself off and get back and he's back on the horse again. He falls off, he gets up. You fall down and you get back up. Rav says that's not the way the Chachamim understand. Somebody that's wise doesn't interpret the Pasuk that Shlomo Melech writes in Kehela, Sheva in that way. The way that a wise man explains this Pasuk is that somebody falls seven times, a Tzadik falls seven times. We fall... We're nichshol. We have different things that get us down. Sometimes we, we get depressed. We get down from being depressed. Sometimes we do averis, which topple us. Sometimes yish topples us. Sometimes our, we're, we're not davening well, if we're davening at all. We're, we, have, we have many challenges in life. We have shalom bias issues that get us down. And a tzaddik falls down seven times. A tzaddik is not... Superman. A tzaddik has also nephilus in life. The come, and he gets back up. Not in spite of the seven nephilus does he get back up. Despite the fact that I fell seven times, I'm still going to be resilient, I'll still pop back up. A tzaddik, precisely because he has fallen seven times, is able to ascend. He's able to rise, the come. Because when we fall down, that's a priceless opportunity to get closer to Hashem and to feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us when we're down, to tap into HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for us at that moment and believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Seymech Hashem Lecholan that when we fall, it's only HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's going to be able to pick us up again. You know, Lahavdil Elif Alfei Avdalis uh, if the um, you know these AA groups, people that are in Alcoholic Anonymous, now, I don't know who developed this program. I'm sure it's famous. I, I just don't know who it is. But the basic, uh, I think it's a 12-step program, and the the basic fundamental uh, way that it's understood that people with addictions are going to get out of those addictions is by surrendering to a greater power, which that's what I think they call it. We call it Hashem. It's only when you feel Hashem in your life that you stand any chance whatsoever of getting back up.
But it's when you fall, when you have these nephilos, these are precious nephilos. We're not davening, obviously, that we should have stumblings. We want to continue to thrive in life. We want to have great days and, and great Avedis Hashem and great Limerat and great family and everything great. We, we daven for that. But when we have challenges in life, when we feel that things are not going our way, that is the most precious time of life. That is the launching pad of Kima. The way that we steig, the way that we rise, that we ascend to heights that were previously unimaginable for us, is when we, when we go so low and we feel that all is lost, and then we come and we embrace HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Saimech Hashem Neiflem, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu can then have that closeness to us and afford us the ability to bring us out, to pull us out of the, of the heaps of, of trash that we find ourselves in, and to seat us on the dais by noblemen, to take us from the lowest depths of Gehenna and to allow us to go to the highest heights. This is the lesson of Ashrei. Ashrei is so important. It's something, it's so chaval that we say it so often, we don't know what we're saying. We're just rattling it off like Ashrei. And it's chaval. There's so much in Ashrei. We could give many shirim on the, on the great lessons of Ashrei. There's been svarim written about Ashrei. Uh, it's a very powerful tefillah. It has the Aleph base. It has Pesachas Yadecha. But the most profound thing, I think, is this missing nun, this missing nefillah. Because we don't, we shouldn't put in the praise of HaKadosh Baruch the nefillah because I acknowledge that it's my nefillah, says Rav Hirsch. It's because of me. But at the same time, I realize that there's praise even at the moment of the nefillah when I recognize that even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu realizes that we've rebelled, we've sinned, and that's why we're so low, He never stops loving us. And he'll always pull us out of the muck and get us back to where we were and even higher than that. And I think this is what the Gemara meant, the Marava that we learned in the Gemara before in that Pasuk of Amais, Nafo Laisaisif Kum Besulas Yisrael. You've fallen, Kla Yisrael. And you're not going to fall again. You're going to rise. You've fallen, but that's not the end. It's not the way that they touched it elsewhere in Babel, that you, you fall and you can't get up. You've fallen, nafla, but you're not going to fall anymore. Because as a result of the nafila, you're going to get up. And you're going to get up stronger. You're going to get up recognizing, wait a minute, I missed, I missed the fact that there is HaKadosh Baruch Hu in my life. So many times people are stricken by illness or, or other types of uh, tragedies that happen in their lives. And it turns out to be the, the biggest blessing in, the, in, in, in their life. I've spoken to people that have suffered greatly and they said that they would never give it up, meaning if they had a choice to go back and never have had the illness, now that they recovered, they wouldn't want to give up that opportunity because life changed for them once they had that illness, once they had that nephila, because they 
have a new perspective on life. Until then, I was just going strong. Everything was great. I never stopped to smell the rose. I never stopped to have a real kesher with my children. I never stopped to learn. never stopped to appreciate davening, to appreciate Hashem, to say, with Kavana, to say, Asher with Kavana. Now I, I was sick. I was in a hospital. I almost died. And now I, I'm, I've recovered, Baruch Hashem, and my life is different. It's a game changer. I, I, I'm never this, I'm not the same. Nafla, Lysaisif, you're not going to go back and, and fall anymore because now that you've fallen, now you can get up and you can be greater than you ever were. The Nephilus is really a part of the praise of Hashem when we recognize that it was my fault. I, had, I caused the Nephila. I'm not blaming you, Hashem. I'm not putting the, the Pasuk of Nun in the Asher because this is your praise and I can't, I can't blame you for my Nephila, but I could praise you in a very special way when I'm down and out and I realize at that point that I have to surrender to you and now I'm with you and I'm never going to let you go again. This is the beauty of Ashrei Mitz Hashem. We should be uh, to get very close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu from now on. When we say Ashrei, we say it slowly with Kavana, understanding what the meaning of the Aleph base is, the Paisech HaSiyadecha with Kavana. And the lack of the nun, but also the inclusion of the nun in the all important pasuk of Saimach Hashem Lachal Neiflim, Bezaykev Lachalak Fufim. Have a good night, Rabbi Say.